Welcome to Movie Reviews and Serious Nonsense with your hosts Greg Dyro and Tom Burka. Sit back and get your earpods installed, wiggle them in just right, and hang in there for an awe-inspiring talk about the best of today's movies and streaming television. Yeah! <laughs> All right! <laughs> I, that is fantastic. Now that, that was an AI voice. I was about to ask because, as a guy who sometimes does voiceovers, I'm like, "God damn it! I really liked that." And uh, some robots are going to replace all of us. Yep. It was a robot. The, it was a robot. Yeah. Oh my gosh, he sounded so natural. <laughs> there were the, the, there was one moment, one moment where I felt like maybe where I figured it out, but at the very beginning. For the first 15 to 20 seconds, I was like, who did he get to do this? I actually think it's actually I think it's pretty good. But at the longer those things go, I think they break down because they do not have the pauses down because they're trying to fit words in. And so there's no context to it. So the pauses and the breaths, I yep. think, throw it off, make it not real. If that makes sense. Yeah, there you go. No, that does make a lot of sense. I think that, oh, I got the wrong. I, the I wrong just alcohol? like to explain to our listeners. Yeah, uh, the wrong the wrong fruit. I'm looking for a lemon. I'm uh, making myself a whiskey sour Okay. using piggyback rye. That's whistle pigs piggyback rye. Okay. Uh, maple syrup and a lemon. And honestly, I should probably put some bitters in there. There are so many shows on right now, it's impossible to keep up. Yes, no, for sure. It is impossible. One one show I've been watching, although I've not watched really season three, is on Apple Plus on Apple TV for all mankind. It's a reimagining the history of the moon race where what if the Russians had gotten to the moon first? Type oh, thing. that's interesting. That's the concept. And they're they're on three, they've done three seasons. Uh, yeah, of about 10 or more episodes, and they're on season three, where the time is now 1995. They started in about 72 or 70, no, 69, sorry. They started 68, 69, obviously right. with the moon landing. And right. now in 1995, they're on their way to Mars. So it's what if, it's a big what if. What would have happened if the moon race well, had continued? That's very interesting. And I'm actually impressed that they've managed to get three seasons out of this. I couldn't really imagine how that would impact the development of the United States politically, culturally, if the Ruskies had beat us to to the moon or any other place for that matter. We were, all, right. we were always first. <clears throat> I think it was John F. Kennedy who decided to have a race to get to the moon. Is that yes, right? Yes, we'll get to the moon. Yes. He's the one that started. Well, he made the, before this decade is out, I set the, whatever to land a man on the moon. And return him safely before this decade is out. And was NASA created by the Kennedy administration or what mm, did it exist before? It existed before in the, who was before Kennedy Eisenhower? In the Eisenhower administration, it existed because they were launching rockets in 57, 58. Because remember, Sputnik was like 58, I think. So Sputnik was uh, a year or two before we were born. So yeah, so that, yeah, it was there. It had a slightly different name than NASA. And then I don't, 
I'd have to look it up to tell you exactly well, when NASA you know, became NASA. I was always disappointed that Sputnik didn't make its way into our modern day lexicon as in that guy's a real Sputnik. It's just such a great word. It just sounds mm-hmm. like somebody who's for want of a better word. Yes. Ni- 1958 yeah. is the create the birth of NASA. 58. Wow. So when we were born, NASA existed, which is, yes. yeah, we're, our births are almost synonymous with the birth of NASA. Yep. Seems appropriate. I collected all the Apollo patches. It was very exciting. So anyway, so for all mankind, which is, it's also, it, it's <laughs> yes. also, a, yes. it's a riff. It's a riff. There is actually a, there is a film called for all mankind that was made about the space program back, I believe in the seventies. So they're taking that name of the show based on that documentary about the space program, but it's an alternate history show where what would have happened and that type of thing. So some of the events still take place, Apollo one, and there's still the fire and there's still other things They don't have the challenger accident. They figure that one out. They don't have this and that. And obviously the Russians were able to make their N1, their moon rocket, the N1 work and they go to the moon and they start building a moon base. And wow. Yeah, there's the military guy gets involved at a certain point. So, yeah, it gets complicated. Oh, and, and in the history, they have Teddy Kennedy winning the presidency. I'm very interested to, to see that. Yep. Yeah, Sir Han, Sir Han just didn't make it. No, not Robert. Yeah, Teddy. So Robert, Teddy. Robert is still sadly yep. assassinated. In, yep. Yeah. Yep. But okay. to have Teddy, Teddy becoming president, they bring women into the space program because the Russians put a woman on the moon. And so NASA had to follow suit with the female astronauts. That's not bad. Historically, there were 13 candidates during the Mercury program that were female. There was a whole women's version of the Mercury 7, but they decided not to use any of them for real. Oh, really? Yep. So Uh, actually, uh, that would be an interesting story to hear because I suspect that many of the women who trained for the program felt that maybe it wasn't a fair judgment that they weren't sent up. <clears throat> they were called the Mercury 13. Yeah. I, don't, I honestly don't remember this at all, that, uh, that women were in the space program. But it, was, it wasn't. It was hidden. Oh. So we it didn't come we out just, till later. <clears throat> we didn't know about it, but it turns out. So did any of the Mer- Mercury 13 actually make it into space? No. Wow, that's got to be incredibly disappointing. Jeez, I'm just looking online. And I just can't believe it. This is an untold story. Um, a bunch of very brave women being shot into space. It's not, it's not like there was a warranty on the rocket. Or anything. Nope. Yeah. And uh, nobody was inspecting the O rings. <laughs> and the computer was rudimentary at best, shall we say. But it, there was well, no it way that. It, yeah. wasn't ru- it wasn't rudimentary then. It was state of the art. It's rudimentary now, but it was like super state of the art then. So it's an interesting so it you know, could, issue. It, it could add in. 
Actually, I, I, I suppose that mostly the computer was used to uh, to figure out trajectories and rocket firing. Yep, stuff like that and systems. But yeah, very, we can all say, and everybody says it, without the moon, the space race and the moon going to the moon, there's a lot of things that were created, transistor, the solid yeah, state devices, and not just Velcro, but... Tang. Tang. Yes, Tang. Yeah, Tang. I don't think it's very popular nowadays. Now, for the younger listeners, you'll have to Google Tang. Yeah, Tang. I loved Tang when I was growing up, but basically it's just sugar water that tastes like orange juice. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure I mean, it tastes like orange juice. I think it just tastes like <laughs> or orange flavored sugar water. But yeah, yeah, that, there you go. Yeah, but because the astronauts drank it, it's, this has got to be good for you, right? Yep. Yeah, lots of vitamin C. I don't know. Was there ever any vitamin C in Tang? No, That's I think it. there was. I think there was vitamin C in it. I have to look it up. No. There you go. We'll have an ad. We'll have an ad and a link where you can buy Tang on our website. So anyway, so for all mankind, Apple, check it out. The other thing that I've been watching is Westworld on HBO. I don't know if you watched Westworld at all. The new Westworld, not the. (laughs) Well, uh, uh, I did watch the entire first season of Westworld. I didn't love it. I have to say, I certainly loved parts of it and their individual episodes, which I thought were really great. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, it, it didn't persuade me to watch any more seasons of it. I think I tried yeah. to watch the beginning of the second season. I, But I'm intrigued because some of the things they do in the second and third season and the eighth season and the seventh season. Okay. How many seasons? We're on, season I don't know. Four. We're on season four now, which is brand new each Sunday. Oh, yeah. That's it, right. It's interesting. I agree with you that it went wayward a little bit at various times. I keep coming back to the thing we've talked about before where it was like, wait, by episode three or four, it really gets going. And I'm like, that's three hours into it. I'm watching three yeah. hours just to get to the point where it really gets good then. And you would never, and I've said this before and I'll repeat it again, you would never do that in, in a feature film. <clears throat> if by the no. first first 10 minutes you weren't intrigued, it'd be like, oh my God, it, it, imagine having to sit through three hours of something just to get to the good part. I will say that the internet contributed to my my disappointment with the show and it was because there were all of these fan theories about what was going on in the show and that was part of the fun of it was trying to figure out everything that was happening and how it all fit together and then basically yeah, it became clear that one of those theories was exactly what was going on so that when we got to the final episode of the first season it, we I knew what was going to happen more, more or less and right. that really took the wind out of my sails. There were other aspects of it that disappointed me as well, but that really screwed it up for me. The internet, I wish that I had never seen these particular theories. They just, it was kind of obvious after a certain point, they just fit too. Yeah. And with, without, we're not a spoiler free podcast. So part of the thing was you keep switching between present time and what appears to be present time, but you... Yeah, but it's not, really, yeah. Yeah, you discover that it's not. It's much earlier in Westworld here history. And the same character is young and old, and you keep seeing him. And he's a very important character. And his story... I really like the episodes where there was 
a real kind of story and adventure to that that was almost planned for the participants in the world of Westworld. That's what I was missing from a lot of it. We saw all this behind the scenes stuff over and over again. And we saw that the robots were becoming sentient. I'm a big fan of the original movie. And I don't know, you must have noticed that in one of the episodes of the first season, they're downstairs on some very poorly trafficked floor. It's the uh -huh. storeroom. And in the back of the storeroom, when the characters are walking in there, you can just make out you'll the gunfighter from the original movie. The original. Yeah, and I thought that was really, that's the kind of little Easter that I just love, right? But at the same time, I felt like they went so far away from the original idea of Westworld. They kind of had to. I mean, where else are you going to go with that? And uh, for people who don't know, in the original Westworld, which was directed by Michael Crichton, at least that's the way I choose to pronounce his last name, and written by him. I'm actually not, I don't think it was directed by him. It was directed by somebody else. But basically, these guys, it's about the downfall of technology. These guys go into this Western town, which is really fun. And there are all kinds of things, like they rob the bank, and they hide out in the in the hills, and then they come back in. And every so often, they're challenged by this gunfighter. Uh, played by Yul Brenner, like the man in black. And that is, by the way, the man in black is one of the major characters as a totally different person in the retelling of Westworld, the TV show. But in, in any case, so things go awry and the robots start acting up outside of their programming <clears throat> so that Yul Brenner, the gunfighter, actually does shoot and kill one of the guests and they try to shut it down, but all the robots are running on battery. <laughs> so it's going to be four hours. And then this is the thing that really got me. Everybody in the control room died because apparently the only way out was operated by electricity. And they couldn't figure out how to open the door when there was a failure. <laughs> uh, and they all suffocated because the air supply was screwed up. So it was a very different movie. Than, than what we saw in the series. Anyway, but I'm just babbling on. Tell me how much you like the current series, the other I, seasons. I like some of the other stuff in the other seasons. I'm a little bit like you. It actually moved into the real world and left kind of Westworld and yeah. two and three and stuff. And But in season, the current season, the man in black is actually back, the older version of him. And Bernard is there, if you remember Bernard. Oh, yes. One of, Bernard one is of, one, one, of the programmers. The, one of the major programmers of everything there. Who and, makes a terrible discovery about three quarters of the way through the first season. Yes. So he's involved in this one. I like it. I don't like it. It's that same issue of what the hell's going on. It's taken a little while to figure it out. So it's I got to sit through it. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm in that kind of But there I'm are in that kind of mode. There are samurai. There's a samurai world in the second season, I think. Yes, yes. But it's not extensively explored, but there is a samurai world. And in the in this new version, there is a 1920s Bonnie and Clyde age, that's uh, a gangster kind of age, flappers and dress up kind of thing. Yeah, flapping, see, 
Yeah. yeah. It's like when Captain Kirk and Spock went back to uh, that planet that was all run by gangsters. Yeah. Yeah, That's that was right. a great That's episode. Right. No, we got to see Kirk try and talk like that. Yeah, because yeah. you yeah. know how that worked? That worked because in the back lot of Paramount, it all looks like New York City. So it was easy for them to do a Star Trek episode just right there. Now I'm sounding like I'm coming from Boston. Yep, yeah, to do a yeah, Star did, Trek yeah. episode down there in New yeah. York. <laughs> You're beginning to sound like the Pepperidge Farm guy. Yeah. But yeah. this is one of the dangers of doing an accent is that it just sometimes goes completely like when you're trying to do Irish and you end up doing Southern, which is <laughs> embarrassing. But, yes, thank, uh, thank God for editing. Yeah, uh, so exactly. Tom, so Tom, what would you like to see that you haven't seen or are you seeing? First um, of all, I finished the first season of Slow Horses. Apple TV shows don't get a lot of publicity and they're like, little secrets there's so many people i know who don't subscribe to apple tv plus and they're missing things like slow horses which is an, a show about division of mi5 in britain of spies who have been parked there because they're all fuck-ups and uh-huh. gary oldman plays the head of this place it's called slow house s-l-o-u-g-h but Hence the name of the show, Slow Horses. And he's always assigning just complete bullshit make work to all of the different spies that that work there. I want you to go through these 10 bags of garbage and uh, just report to me what you find. And he's not expecting to find anything. And in fact, when he gets reports from these people on what he's done, he just puts them in the waste bin. And his theory is that if he keeps them busy that way, they won't screw things up for the rest of the spies in MI5. He has no faith in them. He's constantly telling them they're a bunch of shit and that he hates working with them. But the reason the show is fun and interesting is that despite themselves, they get drawn into a real case and we see that they're actually really good at what they do and that they've all been unfairly placed there and that it's office politics. And Gary Oldman is just incredible. It's a part unlike anything I've ever seen him play. He talks a lot about what he's just eaten and that there's a terrible fart coming on, no matter what particular scene it is. He's, oh, I could feel my Chinese lunch coming up. I would open the window. And he's just great. He's, he's a terrible slob. He looks like he's let his entire life go to shit. And in a way he has, but not in the way that you think. And when right. I finished the first season, I was so thrilled with it and enjoyed it so much. I looked to see whether there was going to be a second season. And Apple actually renewed it for a second, third and fourth season right off the bat as soon as they were making that decision so i imagine that it did draw something of a a viewership and it has a lot of promise you're 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 exactly right because i have never heard of this and i'm looking at it now at least the promo stuff and i'm like oh i'm gonna add this to my queue of things to watch yeah, no, I only found out about it because a friend of mine mentioned it to me. I would never have known that it existed. It's just striking to me. Apple is putting a lot of money into developing original content for its television production. And yet 
they're not doing a good job of promoting it. They should be promoting the hell out of all this stuff. And uh, don't know why they aren't. Or if they are, they're not doing it very well. I think from my perspective, from the Hollywood perspective, they have a boatload of money. And they are going to build quality. They're going to experiment. They're going to make really nice productions, programs. And it's the old tortoise and the hare. It's the slow and steady wins the game. And I think they're just going to be slow and steady. And they're going to just trample everybody eventually. So, well, speaking of this, a show that I heard varying things about during the first season of it, even though it did have quite a raft of Emmy nominations, The Morning Show, which is right. also on Apple TV Plus about a news network and stars, among other people, just top talent. Jennifer Aniston comes to mind because I haven't watched it, but. Somebody told me today that they thought that the morning show was as good as The Wire. And I don't know. I think The Wire is one of the best television shows that's ever been made. So I, if it deserves I will, that I will confess. Yeah, I'll confess I've never yeah. seen The Wire, so I can't say that. But I have yeah, seen The Morning compare. Show. I have seen well, The Morning Show. Think? I really like The Morning Show. It was – it went – the production it went and went in ways that I wasn't necessarily expecting. It was also mimicking the real world because it was mimicking oh, the Matt Lauer affair, movement. the Matt Lauer thing, the Matt and Lauer NBC. affair, and the stuff that happened yeah. at Fox. You know, Fox and it lacks that, but it, but mostly it's mostly it's about NBC and the Today Show and Matt Lauer, and that's really what it's about. Yeah, it's really that's what it's based on. It's they don't the come main out and say it, but. By both. I'm sorry, Don. Did the main I, character I, I buy a boat? Did you buy a boat, Tom? Were you? No, did the main character buy a boatload of Rogaine? Because Matt Lauer, I don't know. He, 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 he did have. Was trying to, yes. <laughs> he did have the. He did have what we call the Hollywood door, where sitting at your desk, you can press a button and the door shuts and lock and doesn't necessarily lock, but the door shuts. Get out and, of here. Oh, yeah, that's a common thing. At, that was a common thing at Warner Brothers in the offices for the what? executives. Oh, yeah. When you walk in and the doors open, you can you as city of the desk can press a little button and the door will close. Oh, yeah. That, that's a power move. Yep. Yeah. God, that is ridiculous. I'm sorry. That is just absolutely nuts. We um, need to you need to build that into your new office and your new house so you can press a know, button at your desk and it shuts the door. You're right. I don't have that yet. No. Um, I have an office, but and there are two doors, but and I you can lock them from door. inside, which is one of the things that I demanded, but I wasn't smart enough to demand a button that closed the doors automatically. Damn. We'll also say, isn't it more of a power move to say to the person who came in, close the door behind you? Yeah, but I think it's more of a power move when the door closes by itself. (laughs) Yeah, I think that... It definitely seems more ominous. Yeah, yeah. It's just one step away from having a button that opens a trap door underneath the guy you're talking to, which... uh, Which we've seen depicted in different movies, but yes. yeah, but please tell me that doesn't really exist. I suppose there'd be lawsuits. 
the trap door that the ejects you. No, that doesn't. But the I door does. And, and they have yeah. it in the morning show. They have it. The character, the Matt Lauer type character, which is played by Steve Carell. He does have one of those doors. And that when the young babe is in there, he can shut the door so they can do the nasty in the office. Oh, wow. Billy Crudup, if that's the way you pronounce his name, I've always had a problem yep. with that, is in the show. Steve Carell, I actually think Steve Carell is one of our finest actors. Reese Witherspoon, Mark Duplass, Duplass, Carbonelli, or Carbonell, who played, I believe, he played the mayor of Gotham in The Dark Knight, I believe, and Juliana Margulies, who's always good, but... It's got an amazing cast. There's no question about that. And it sounds like the writing is really good. Yeah, no, I was we both both Gail and I watched it and really liked all of it. And we're looking forward. I believe there's another season that's coming out that they were filming during COVID. So, yeah, so we're I enjoyed it and liked it and especially. Yeah. yeah, go on. No, it's really the classic behind the scenes of the newsroom. And it's not quite the Mary Tyler Moore show. It's not comedy. It's but it's behind the scenes it's and the reality down and dirty politics. Some of it is and some of it's just people that get caught up in it and people get caught up in in the business of entertainment slash news. And there's those issues that they, they get into. And then the people that are running all of this and then the lowly people that just are trying to move their way up in their career and how they can get trounced in making the wrong move. Yeah, it's and it's really it's all behind the scenes. Wow. I definitely well, recommend I mean, it. What's on your list of things to see aside from slow horses, which you should see on my I'm waiting for Gail to come home, but it's the season two of Only Murders in the Building, which you weren't thrilled with the first season, but I'm looking forward to the new season of Only Murders in the Building. It's got some tremendous people on it, and there's no question but that it's a lot of fun, and kind of want that these days. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing that I've started watching, it's on, you can see it via Hulu, it's on FX, it's called The Old Man with... uh, Oh yeah, uh, no, I want to see that. With the dude. (laughs) We've seen the first, I think, three episodes of that, and really like The Old Man. So I would recommend The Old Man. It's it is not happening. John John Lithgow, Lithgow, who's never acted with Jeff Bridges before. There was an interesting article on the fact that they never been together before in the production, and we're looking forward to it. That sounds really good. I I don't even know much of what's it about, but I don't need to because nope, on you the need basis to walk in. of that. Yep, you need yeah. to walk into that. Just start watching that knowing nothing. It totally okay. works. It's like going back <clears throat> in time and watching like The Matrix and knowing nothing <clears throat> the first time you watch The Matrix. It holds, it's way better when you know nothing and you're like, oh my God. So anyway, it's not The Matrix. I'm, don't let me, don't confuse no, me. nothing to do with that nothing to do with that yeah but what i mean is it's you're you don't need to know anything going into watching it my next thing to recommend and this is back to the sci-fi world it's all over with is the sci-fi show that moved to amazon called the expanse if you've not now, seen the expanse I, I really recommend the expanse i haven't seen it but Man, it's been, it's like a cat with nine lives. It started on the Sci-Fi channel, is that right? Yeah, it went for three seasons, I think, on Sci-Fi, and then they canceled it, and then Amazon bought it, and Amazon paid for the rest of the three or four seasons, so it's season five or six or something, so they paid for the rest of the seasons. 
So it has almost a cult following, I understand. So yeah, it's very realistic science fiction space stuff. There's no warp drives. There's no special things. Uh, you have to deal with gravity. You have to deal. If you blast toward the planet, then you got to turn around and you got to start slowing down when you get to someplace. So there's a lot of there's a lot of time, and it's all about politics. It's about the politics of Earth. Mars and the outer belt or the people working in the outer reaches of the solar system mining and it's the dynamics of those three things. And there's a, an alien presence that kind of introduces complications to the whole thing. So it's really good. I've read all the books. I actually read the books before I ever saw the series. I highly recommend it if you like realistic science fiction versus fantasy science fiction. There's a place for that. I like that. That's, speaking of science fiction, that is not hard. I finally ended up watching the Umbrella Academy uh-huh. and really grew to love it. And I have to say, sometimes it's corny. And look, it's about a bunch of kids who have powers that they discover and they're taken in to an academy. They live in a school. And I've seen this story quite a number of times now, and the X-Men just being one of them. But they have some nice twists on the formula. And one of the best things about it is that one of the characters who has the ability to teleport very short distances, like from one side of the room to the other, his name is number five, and he's played by a 14-year-old, Aiden Gallagher. But the thing is that number five experimented with time travel and accidentally traveled 20 or 30 years into the future and discovered that there was some kind of Holocaust, and he's living, he's forced to live in this terrible post-Holocaust world, and he can't figure out how to time travel back for at least 34 years. And then he, when he comes back, he suddenly appears and he's back to his 14-year-old self. So he's a 48-year-old trapped in a 14-year-old's body. Who's ah. And the way that he behaves and acts, he really comes off as being much older than he actually is, and it's, he's also constantly referring, referencing his age to the other people in the Umbrella Academy. Like, I don't, I don't give a shit. I'm the oldest person here. I'm going to call the shots. And, he, and the thing is, he does. He's really the real leader of the team and a fascinating character. I highly recommend it. The third season just premiered on Netflix recently. It can be very hokey. But I think the acting is exceptional. Elliot Page started off as Ellen Page playing a female character there. And I was very interested to see what would happen between season two and season three, because after all, that's when she really came out, or I should say he really came out as trans and changed his name to Elliot Page. And he's still playing a woman but they had to make some interesting choices about that but anyway i recommend it i'm not going to say anything more about it okay if you like wacky science fiction that's for you that's the one that's the one that pictures always show some monkey or chimpanzee or something too yes there's a talking chimpanzee (laughs) he's he's like the head of the academy's top assistant and he was experimented Uh, on when he was very young and became quite sentient and 
actually is the most cultured person on the show. Ah, yeah, yeah. There, that there's the irony of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. but he's not the only thing. There's a talking goldfish, so you know, mm-hmm. uh, enjoy yourself. Yeah. All shows need a talking goldfish at some point. <laughs> They could have used, yeah. They could have used a talking goldfish in a fish called Wanda, but apparently they did not use that part. wasn't available for this goldfish. So, no, unfortunately not. But there was a goldfish who actually did speak, who was in that movie. But unfortunately, in the first take of one of the scenes, was eaten. Yeah, it was a mistake. It was a mistake. I mean, it happens. Movies are. Shooting a movie is full of all kinds of untold consequences. Mm-hmm. We yeah. do, do know that the volleyball that played Wilson in. Get out of um, here. Yeah, he actually was also in Top Gun, that same volleyball, same actor. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. That, that's fantastic. Yeah. Did they yeah, bring him back for Maverick is what I really want to know. I have not checked the credits to see, but it's quite possible that they did, so. Speaking of comedy. uh, Yeah, speaking of untold consequences, Philip Seymour Hoffman in The Master and Joaquin Phoenix, there's a scene where they're both in jail in a little cell next to each other. And Joaquin Phoenix really gets very worked up and violently upset about the fact that they're in prison. And he manages to knock the toilet off of the wall and smash it to pieces. And unfortunately, this was... This was an old historic jail cell that they had rented. Uh-huh. And that was original to the jail cell. And these people were very <laughs> upset. Similarly, in The Hateful Eight, there was a guitar that unfortunately was smashed by one of the actors. And it was a rare guitar. Now, I don't know why they decided to use it instead of, I suppose it was a really old guitar, so they wanted to look like something that was authentic to the particular time period in this Western, but that's just a damn shame. Yes. Uh, But the last thing that that I wanted to talk about was, sadly, there was another fatal shooting on a set just a couple days ago in the TV series Law & Order Organized Crime, unfortunately. One of the crew members was shot. One wonders if organized crime was behind that. Yeah, no, apparently. It's unclear. It sounds like it wasn't the same kind of mistake that involved Alex Baldwin. It wasn't Mm -hmm. a, a prop gun. Somebody like drove past and shot this guy intentionally is the theory right now. And it, it wasn't a crew member. It was a 31-year-old traffic cop who was doing parking enforcement. That's just terrible. I would assume he was hired by the production to to be. So technically, right. if he was hired by the production, he's a part of the production. But we will follow this story and see whether organized crime is in fact behind it, because that would be quite, quite a scoop were the reality of stuff sometimes it's true Um, and law and order shows very often like to take a particular real news story and then use that as the jumping off point for an episode extrapolate it out yeah no then they were very good at it but having said that did you know that law and order has twice as many scenes in it as any normal television show no, I did not know that. It's true. They they really move those stories along. It wow. may be more than twice as many. It's really a lot. One of one of the writers was telling me about this, and 
My hat. Froth to them. I'm I'm wearing two hats. I'm sorry. Your literary hat and your legal hat. Are those two hats or? Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take it. Yes. Uh No, I actually learned this when consulting on an episode of Law and Order many years. Yeah. And uh, they sent me a hat. So there you go. I was richly compensated for my candor and advice. Cool. <laughs> I love your delayed reaction. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's I'm here in the desert and wow, that's pretty cool, Tom. Yeah. Having said that, I think we should probably wrap up. Tom, thank you very much for today's episode. That was great. It's fun talking about the things that I'd like to see, want to see, that you'd like to see. And it's great. I feel exactly the same way. And any of our listeners who want to maybe visit the website and leave some comments about the kind of shows that they've seen, that they recommend to others, or that they're planning on seeing because they've heard great buzz about it, we invite you to pitch in and help us out. Yes, for sure. And if you're at summer camp, we will read your letters on the air in our next episode. Okay. The next episode will be Letters from Summer Camp. Thanks, Tom. This is perfect. And I'm going to say we're out of here. You've been listening to Movie Reviews and Some Serious Nonsense with Tom Burka and Greg Dyro. We love to talk about movies and speak with the creators of some of your favorite forms of entertainment. If you have a great idea for an interview, we would love to hear about your idea. If you have a favorite movie or a streaming show, real or not yet imagined, we'd love to hear about it. So please leave us a message on our website. This podcast is copyright 2022 by King Dairo Productions.